Welcome back to Top of the Time. It's the three of us here back again together, talking through uh, our Sunday morning sermon uh, that Ben had for us this week. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, how, how are you guys doing? What's what's happening? Uh, it's the weird holiday. I mean, we were recording again on a Tuesday, right. which we did last week, mm-hmm. but that was out of necessity because of right. the absolute trash that <laughs> the first recording. And, and we're talking audio quality. We're not talking about Jacob's contribution <laughs> to it. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Shots fired. That's, Listen, that's he's, he's, he's already been on it this morning where I'm concerned putting a whole lot of undue pressure on me, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. 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 But uh, sure. But no, you know, holiday weekend. Yeah, uh, you know Memorial Day, uh-huh. uh, and just you know, it, it's one of those weird things that we're doing Monday things on Tuesday. Yeah, here kind of changes the whole week. Yeah, Ben, so, I know you're a fan of routine. Oh, so. Yeah, let's not even get started there. <laughs> but anyhow, Jacob, how are you this morning? I'm doing adequate. 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 So, it is. Nice. Um, it is someone's birthday. It is somebody's birthday in the room this morning. Has planned his internship well. Mm. If you noticed, graduation. That way yeah. we can shout him out on the graduation achievement. Yeah. Uh, birthday. Yeah. So it's all well, good stuff. Well done. Although even today, you know, I asked what he wanted for lunch on his birthday, and he said, "Oh, it's okay. I have a can of beans with me," which <laughs> I don't think he quite got the the memo. And if you and if you didn't know, that's that transition time between uh, graduation to grad school uh-huh. and he's kind of he's living in an apartment now kind of got the bachelor life thing going yeah. on so the weird limbo yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the the can of beans yep the can of beans yep good times <laughs> i good like times. beans <laughs> it's yeah i mean there's worse things to eat absolutely so, uh but yeah on sunday we we were continuing our ephesians study yeah. so we're now halfway through chapter four and we're powering on through uh, so uh, we were looking at Ephesians, uh, what well, season four, um, <laughs> episode, episode seven, seven to sixteen. 16. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to keep that going. I think it's great. Um, yeah, chapter four, verses seven uh, through sixteen. Um, Jake, would you be able to give that a read for us? Yep. But to each of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, "When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people." What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly realms? He who descended is the very one who ascended, higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature attaining the full measure of the whole of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. That's the passage. Awesome. Yeah, we. Uh, this very much flows in from what you were talking about last week of the importance of unity and of the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, this it, it's incredibly heavy on the importance of the church doing its job well. Right. You know, um, 
but you kind of took it piece by piece. It was a bit of a shorter message on mm-hmm. Sunday. I mean, the service in general was kind of longer. There was more things going on with baby dedications and um, baptisms and different thoughts here and there. So it was, it's a long passage mm-hmm. to go through in 20, 25 minutes. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, tell us a bit about like, do we want to go like a quick overview of each little part before we dive into what was chopped? Well, yeah, I think that's uh, that's fine because really we we discussed throughout the week that there would be a couple different directions that we could take this. Mm-hmm. You know, really two primarily uh, because the first part of it, uh, verses seven, really through the beginning of thirteen, you know, maybe the the end of twelve, uh, is in reference to spiritual gifts, right? Uh, so you know, we could have looked at that from a spiritual gift lens uh, very heavily and mm-hmm. kind of dissected that uh, and exposited from that passage. Or and and all of this goes together, so it's not like a, you know, we're we're taking one away and you know bringing in another, but thirteen through seventeen or thirteen through sixteen is really more on the um, maturing. As a body, right. uh, the practical application of that, the utilizing of these gifts and the growing uh, as a whole body and the function of that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it just kind of started off very quickly in verse seven, talking about that there was grace given to us. Mm-hmm. And just a side note that I gave on Sunday, this is not salvific grace. You know, this is not a grace of the nature of salvation, which is the most common grace that we right. see throughout scripture uh, but this was a grace that paul was talking about of the impartation of gifts and that's what he focuses on at the beginning uh, you know he's talking about to each one of us according to the measure of christ's gifts mm-hmm. so that's that's the focus of it and then he goes on to talk about uh, psalm chapter 68 he loosely references that 68 verse 12 specifically and that's a that's a victorious psalm you know, right. He's talking about a king in this culture that would have come back with the spoils of victory mm-hmm. and everyone who has allegiance was with the king who followed the king who served the king that was underneath that king's banner would have received gifts, mm-hmm. these spoils of war. Um, That's cool. It's like a rallying yeah. cry. I mean, the more you think about it, that that Christ has been victorious. Yeah. And that's what Paul's referencing yeah. here. Uh, and we receive the spoils of victory mm-hmm. which are spiritual gifts yeah because our king is victorious and then you know verses 9 and 10 we didn't spend hardly any time there at all uh, because that's i'm not saying that paul is sidetracked here mm-hmm. but theology you know from a theology standpoint you could get sidetracked very very right. quickly yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's talking yep. about the one who ascended was the one who descended into the yeah. lower parts <laughs> of the earth and then he ascended and give you know he gave gifts the long and short of it, the simple answer is Paul is undergirding the victory yeah. of Jesus Christ here, that he's victorious and reigns over right. everything. Uh, so he's just kind of solidifying that Psalm 68 victory, right. spoils of, of victory right. um, type thing. Yeah, I, I actually appreciated the way you spoke about that part as well. Uh, you know, verse 9, um, 9 and 10, the whole parts and brackets you kind of pushed away the entire debate uh, of, well, did he go to hell? Was he in Hades? Was he in heaven? Was he in Sheol? Was he in, well, how does all this kind of stuff work? And you were like, I don't think that's the point. The point is he 
was victorious. Yeah. You know, uh, and I think we, we so frequently get caught up in all of these big theological debates, mm-hmm. right? These big, like, which are fun, you know, especially if you're into that sort of thing. But sometimes you completely miss what the passage is actually trying to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, Fact. I mean, yeah, I mean, we f- I find that with, with the Genesis account of creation, mm-hmm. you know, there's all this debate, you know, was it six days? Was it six 24 hour periods? Was it, you know, six metaphorical days, which could have been who knows how long was yeah. it actually just a poem and it and it actually happened with the big bang you know how, and gap creation yeah, theology yeah yeah, yeah. And it's like god made the planet mm-hmm. that's the point is the whole point Period. of the story is yeah. that yeah. god is a creative ultimately creative being you know yep. <laughs> like yep. don't take away from the point of a passage yeah. by debating well, I, I started reading into this and it was you know then there <laughs> were rabbit holes oh my gosh and there were like <laughs> boards that one guy was like that means he was victorious over hell and the other person was like that means he was victorious over sheol and other ones like it means he's victorious over the grave i'm like yeah can we not just say he's victorious over everything <laughs> yeah yeah and that we don't know exactly right what the lower parts of the earth right. are here right and just so yeah there's so much you can get caught up in yeah, even the people who wrote this stuff didn't go with him so you know right. <laughs> they're, right. they're like right. you know it's it's yeah yeah it's <laughs> i always just find it funny like whenever we do get into these sort of big heavy debates as much as they can be fun and sometimes can be fruitful when it's not a matter of salvation and it's just a little detail. Yeah. Um, yeah. The so, moment you don't care about the point of the passage, yeah. but you care about mm-hmm. the details, mm-hmm. you're missing the point. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I kind of like the way you're like, I'm not smart enough to de- delve into that. It doesn't even matter anyway. Right. Christ is victorious. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <Yeah. laughs> you know? Simple minded man. I can't get words right most of the time. I say the wrong thing. So. <laughs> Well, you corrected yourself this week. I did. Yeah. yeah. Felt yeah, better just, about that. I mean, there were, I remember this study that came out about um, when preachers, uh, the, the effectiveness of preachers when they have the, the humility and the, and the ability to correct themselves from the pulpit, um, being a really strong leading in the church, mm. you know, so mm. good on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's necessarily about grammar whenever they talk about that, but you know, it's something. <laughs> anyway, um, not to keep talking, but Kylie and I were uh, listening to Tim Keller's Memorial Day thought mm-hmm. the other day, which kind of made me think about this little section because he was talking about how Paul frequently used uh, the same language uh, to talk about Christ's victory and Christ's power as the Greeks used about Hercules and mm-hmm. the, this big dive into that, which is really fascinating about equating him to be greater than all the heroes of old type right. of thing. It was really interesting. Um, I don't have a huge amount to say about it, but it was definitely, it was fascinating, you know, just the way that he dives into that sort of stuff and the way that they use cultural, um, cultural dialogue and cultural things that are going on to further Christ's importance mm. was really cool. Cause sometimes we, go one of two ways. We just go all about culture or we avoid culture completely. But Paul has this nice way of like using cultural terms, even with, you were talking about the word apostle. Yeah. Being a normal secular term, you know, taking those and using those to further the gospel. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Words, you know, words don't mean to us what they did back then. You know, entomology was a big big deal uh, to them. Words carried weight, and, and ours still yeah. most certainly do. Yeah. But 
you know, English is, you know, a very simplistic yeah. language. And, and I think a lot of the weight um, of, of certain words gets lost uh, mm-hmm. in, you know, and, and we've talked about this before, but the way that we throw the word love around, you know, right. we, we have one word for love and that's love. Uh, and again, I love food. I right. love my wife. You right. know, there's two different types yeah. of love. Yeah. Uh, like, for instance, the Koine Greek, you know, the it had multiple words right. to express love. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the, the way that it's framed, it, it's important for us to pay attention to that in our study time. Right. Uh, again, there's a difference between reading your Bible, studying your right. Bible. Yeah. But in your study time, dive into the meaning of the words that was in the original language because there's a lot of of cultural meaning and implication in mm. those words. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, you sort of went into then verse 11 uh, and quickly sort of talked about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Mm-hmm. Sort of give a quick overview of each of those. Yeah. Uh, again, funny moment. There are no capital A apostles yeah. any longer. <laughs> um, capital A apostles were those who walked with Jesus or encountered Jesus personally. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <laughs> so those do not exist anymore. Right. You know, there's the, the word apostle. It basically in this context means someone who is sent by God. Right. Sent on a mission, sent to right. plant a church, sent to do a work, sent to serve, sent. It's yeah. a sent yeah. person by God. Uh, but then in our discussion, I also said that, uh, you know, these are all lowercase that right. there are no capital yeah. A apostles any longer and there are no capital A prophets any longer. Yeah. And, and I was kind of going on a little bit of a pastoral <laughs> rant and both of you were laughing, kind of snickering, just like yeah. you're doing now. Yeah. And I was like, okay, what, what I do, what I say. And you, you know, Thomas, you went, I will agree 100% that there are no longer capital A prophets. <laughs> Is that what I said? Yes. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. No capital A prophets. Yeah. I like uh, it. But there are no more capital P prophets we don't have the isaiah's the jeremiah's the along those lines um and really the gift of prophecy the gift of the prophetic right which is grossly in my opinion misunderstood in our church today um it's a gift of forth telling rather than future telling right that it's a declaration of the truth of the word of god Uh, and somebody in my opinion someone who has the gift of prophecy is someone who has a gift of God on their life to speak the truth of God and his word in a particular moment, in a particular season, in a particular way that is gifted and anointed right. by God. That's not just a random right. statement of right. truth. Yeah, uh, There's yeah. a spiritual discernment that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, And then you have the evangelist, which is just someone who is gifted at sharing Right. about Jesus. Yeah. We're all called to do that, but man, there are just some people who are just gifted. Yeah. At turning every yeah. con- and I kind of you yeah. know, used myself as a punchline on this one. There are just some people who can turn every conversation seamlessly into a gospel conversation. Right. And I'm just not that guy. Right. Because I don't know if I'm just not gifted, if I've not educated myself, if I've not trained myself enough in this, in the art of turning these conversations into gospel conversations, but I can be in the middle of talking about baseball and I'm like, okay, I need to pivot this into a gospel conversation. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
Jesus. You know, that's that's yeah. kind of how it feels. So back to in me. Jesus' day, there wasn't baseball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> <laughs> Shameless. <laughs> um, but yeah, then you have the you know the pastors. Yeah, uh, shepherds is another word yeah. for that. And there's there's some discussion that out of these five, that it's actually four. Uh, because you have the pastors and teachers, right. uh, some people group them together as one, which they can be. Sure. Um, but the pastors, the shepherds are the one who are right. protective over the flock, who look after the flock, care for the flock, and tend, um, tend that area. And then you have the teachers, which is a gifting and office of being able to instruct right. the yeah. the body of Christ. Right. Um, which kind of comes into that later passage about proper doctrine yeah that's kind of definitely the the teacher's rule is to have that down and be able to articulate it and all that kind of stuff and it's interesting that we call we call teachers in churches pastors you know i feel like that just might be something that we've we've blended the two together Mm -hmm. you know if someone gets up and preaches at the front of a church and teaches they're called a pastor right which in biblical terms maybe isn't the same thing Correct. necessarily, Correct. you know, yeah. which are two very different rules. I mean, you have both of those rules where you teach on Sunday mornings, but then you also have people who come in with mental needs or, yeah. or conversations or mm-hmm. spiritual needs, and they just need to sit and talk. Yeah. And that's where the pastoral, and it's a completely different yeah. type of thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, one other thing I find interesting about the evangelist stuff, I feel like we've blended evangelists and apologists together yeah do you know what i mean i agree like, mm-hmm. you know we we think of some of the big uh defenders of the faith in the public sphere these days and we call them evangelists mm-hmm. um which i mean i'm I, this is not a pre-thought thought uh, <laughs> but like yeah, yeah words okay uh but um <laughs> you know it's it's it to me they strike me as two totally different things you know i don't equate an evangelist with someone who is good at arguing about Christ. Mm. As, as much as apologists and defending the faith and getting into debates is important. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always seen the evangelists as people who are able to bring Christ into a conversation and be excited about him as opposed mm-hmm. to like <laughs> debate about it, you know. Um, you know, we think of the big the big dogs, the, the um, well, not so much anymore, but like the Ravi Zacharias. Mm-hmm. Of, you know of his time type of approach he was often called an evangelist whereas it was definitely more of an apologist type of approach right um whereas you have sarah who hangs out in a coffee shop and just talks to people about jesus you know <laughs> two, <laughs> two very different approaches um anyway that probably didn't mean a whole lot but it was just something that was in my brain so <laughs> and you articulated it very well i appreciate that yeah, yeah. that's why i am that's why you host this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, things might need to change. Uh, Jacob, anything standing out to you about all of this stuff so far? Um, just the idea of gifting. Like, I've had people point out my gifts. I've pointed out other people's gifts. There's something about the act of doing that that really encourages people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it a lot in my my schoolwork. We do sermon critiques. Like, you know, someone gets up there and preaches. We offer positive feedback and negative feedback, constructive criticism. Yeah. And just like, you know, man, you have the gift of this. Yeah. And that, that just really inspires people. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. Just it kind of motivates people to actually go and use their gift. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like there's a passage, stir up something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, that moves into a, a big chunk about the importance of the church. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and growing and maturing. And right. there's, there's several references to that that Paul makes uh, talking about maturity um, and, and being fully grown. Right. Uh, and then he talks about, you know, no longer being children or infants uh, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, um, right. by human cunning and the craftiness and deceitful schemes. And yeah. Paul really goes into this and shows us, you know, several areas, four areas that I could see, and there's maybe more, um, that a, a mature church, that things that they have in place or that they're they're flowing in. And one of those we, you know, the first one we find in verse 13 is the knowledge of, you know, unity of faith and the knowledge of son of God to the, being the fully grown man, the fully grown person to the stature of the fullness of Christ. Right. So there in, in maturity, there has to be a Christ likeness in our body, you know, in our church body, we have to be growing into Christ likeness. And again, Paul's using the church as his target here. It's right. not individuals. So he's calling us in unity, in faith, as a body to mature in Christ likeness. Now, we all have to do that individually for the body to be able to do that. Right. But it's not a separate growth path. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think that's one thing that I was hoping has come across in these past two messages is while it's important for all of us to do these things individually, it's a body concept. Right. And the body has to be maturing. The body has to be growing in Christ likeness hmm. uh, because I think that we isolate ourselves and separate ourselves in that pursuit right. far too often. Um, yeah, it, it's a body yeah. thing. The, the word growing is interesting as well because growing can mean one of two things, right? You know, especially with regards to the church and it's kind of been a long lasting debate of <clears throat> do we, do we target having a growth in our church numerically or do we target having growth in our church doctrinally? Mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. would we rather have a smaller number of people who have really solid, deep understanding of the gospels and the Bible versus having a huge church with a huge outreach um, with more surface level understanding, you know, it's, and there's a big debate about that online. Um, it's almost like we should start something called an elephant room. Yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah, discussions amongst church leaders. Yeah. About things like so that. there's, a, a, there's a debate. Idea. Yeah. Between Stephen Furtick uh, and Matt Chandler about this very topic, mm -hmm. um, who ironically both have very large churches. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, about, um, yeah, that evangelist type of thing of reaching out and just bringing as many people in as possible versus, uh, tackling topics that are, usually not talked about on Sunday mornings, mm -hmm. those deeper theologies. Mm -hmm. um, so where do we stand? We focus on helping to do the work of the kingdom and we leave the castle to the king. Right. Cool. Just do the work of the ministry, <clears throat> grow the kingdom, right, and let him handle the castle. Right. Uh, because I don't, I don't think that there is, I don't see how you can say one is right and one is wrong. Right. And I don't think either one of those two do in yep. that concept, yep. but I feel like that a church has to be reaching out mm -hmm. 
has to be bringing in new people, ministering right. to those who are not saved, those who are lost. Right. And there has to be a level of discipleship where we're cultivating depth. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I don't think a church can be defined by one service or right. should be right. defined or um, even targeting yeah. one particular service. Because on a Sunday morning, I look out and I see people all the way from the fact that they may have never been in church in their life to the yeah. people who have spent their whole life in church to yeah. biblical professors, biblical students, yeah. and everywhere in between. Right. So to focus completely and totally on one is to alienate another. Right. Um, yep. So, but then you have to have things that are going to reach new believers or yeah. people who are on the fence. And then you have to reach those who are mature, more mature in their faith and disciple them right. as well. Right. Um, and, and I think that that just comes from the church being a body and understanding sometimes that members of the body, certain things need, you know, certain members need certain things. Yeah. Um, and again, the more mature should right. be the ones that are reaching yeah. and doing and discipling right. those who are not. Yeah, I feel like, no, I think that's a good point. And it's kind of almost like a both and kind of what this passage is talking about of when we do build up the people that we have in the church effectively, when we properly teach them the gospel and teach them the importance of going out and sharing the gospel with other people, that should lead to numerical growth because yeah. they should be going and doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Um, well, and again, it's it's that ever it's that ever present argument and different right. philosophies on ministry. Yeah. Um, but you know, if if we have an instrumental role to play in a family coming to Christ, right, and responding to His call, and they go and they wind up going to another church, biblically based, solid, foundational church, the kingdom has grown. Right. And yeah. that's the important thing. Right. Again, exactly. Build the kingdom, let the king take yeah. care of the castle. Yeah. We have a we we too often, myself included, have a focus of a mindset of let's build the castle mm-hmm. first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of funny even looking at last year when we couldn't do anything with people. We couldn't go to people's houses. We couldn't invite people to church. And we could just teach online and do the best that we could, mm-hmm. that we had more baptisms and people publicly declaring their faith last year than we'd had in previous years. Absolutely. It's just funny wow. how God works yeah. in that kind of way. You know, yeah. it's like he always breaks the the boundaries of how we think it should work. Yeah, and, and over half of those that came to their faith through the influence of this church somehow right. and was baptized um, by this church mm-hmm. in whatever capacity... Over half of them are at different churches, right? And serving faithfully, yeah. and growing and maturing, and while the fleshly side of people yeah. that that's bothersome, but to me that's beautiful. Yeah, that's that's absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. what's well, that unity of we have it? You know, the big C church. Yeah. We should be excited. That's something that we've talked about a few times of this weird uh, church competition mm-hmm. yeah mindset <laughs> yeah yeah and you know like it's it's a really strange thing that we do get competitive with each other yeah you know um like i know of two churches right now who are competing with their production value like monetarily 
spending <laughs> lots of money against each other <laughs> to have a better looking live stream. And it's one of those things where you're just like, yeah, we're all one body. We should be more unified than this, yeah. you know. Um, anyway, uh, that was a bit of a rabbit trail, <clears throat> but I thought it was interesting. Um, so the last few verses, I don't know how much time do we have left. What are we at? I have no idea. We're at 28 minutes. We got some time. Oh, okay. um, time. Two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the last few verses, Jacob, is there any, any other things? No, no, go ahead. Uh, what? Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to look at the last few verses of the, the importance of uh, doctrine and um, speaking the truth in love. I think we're two of the main things that stood out in those. Yeah. yeah and and, and also the, the fact we wrapped up with that as a believer, as part of the body, you should be contributing. Yeah. You have a work to do. Yeah. You are a minister of yeah. the gospel yeah. of Jesus Christ. Yeah. You, you kind of pointed out that the church is not a theater. Yeah. Yeah. You don't just come in, get entertained for an hour, and then go have lunch. They're just, well, <laughs> I mean, that's what no. <laughs> most of us do. Hey, now let's not get crazy. We're not changing everything. Yeah. All right. We're going to do church every day, nine to five. Uh, no. Um, but yeah, like that's not really what the Christian life is about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and you made a good point. Like it's our job up front to teach and inspire and build them up to go out and continue doing the work nine to five throughout the week. Yeah. For them, whereas oftentimes it's seen as, well, this is the one hour of the week that we'll yeah. worship. Well, and it's, you know, it's not only our, our job to teach and inspire and motivate, but it's also our job as believers to hold each other accountable. Yeah. And that, yeah. that truth and love thing, because we, I think we all on some level have difficulty being corrected yep. or difficulty being confronted with our flaws, our failures, our sins, and when we stumble. Um, but that's what we're called to do. Right. Uh, and when you, again, it goes back to this family concept of all being part of one body, um, that we have to do it in love, but we have to quit being so easily offended by correction especially when it's done by a brother or sister, someone who has our best interest at heart and someone who's doing it out of a motivation of love. They're doing it for our betterment and for the betterment of the body. But we tend so easily to get offended by that and allow that to cause division and and hard feelings when it's actually, (laughs) it's just, we, we need to embrace the correction of a brother or sister yeah, uh, that's done out of love. Yeah. Something we focused on with the youth a lot is the phrase, uh, and I, I was trying to look it up there, but mentioned it's not working, um, is the, the passage when we're called to correct each other or to challenge each other with gentleness and respect. Mm-hmm. Did you just bring it up, did you? Second Timothy oh, 3.16. It's pretty. Uh, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful uh, for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like whenever, sometimes we're not good at that, mm-hmm. the gentleness and respect part. That's you very know? true. That's um, very true. Or the correcting people in love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we kind of yeah. forget that bit. Yeah. Um, and you even pointed out, like, if you get stuff wrong from the front, mm-hmm. to correct you yeah. in love. <laughs> yes, please. Please do it in love. You yeah. know, it's, it's speak the truth in love, not yeah. necessarily love to speak the truth. Right. Because there can be a difference. Yeah. There can oh, be absolutely. a big difference. Absolutely. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. Um, and that, that can be... 
that's something that I, I would love to see us as a body do in general. We've talked about this in the past as well. Of um, We're so good at correcting those outside of the church and, you know, shaking our fingers at people who are mm-hmm. living sinful lives who aren't Christians. And you're like, wow, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> no, um, but as soon as we try to correct each other, um, that wall goes up. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Yeah. And it should be mm-hmm. complete opposite way around. Yeah. You know? Um, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, this is, seems to be the start, the main big start of the push for, from Paul for the church yeah. to step up. Yeah. Um, so yeah. where are we heading? Well, we are, we're actually, he's getting ready right on the precipice of this big push for the church to get going and doing stuff. And now we're going to take about a three month break from the book of Ephesians. Oh yeah. Good point. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in, uh, in June, we are going to, you know, empower Carter County, which is a yep. local service outreach uh, mission week that we do here at first church. Um, we are getting ready to begin on our Sunday mornings, uh, looking at a little bit of a study on being empowered by the right. Holy Spirit. We're going to look out of the book of Acts. So, you know, the last thing that Paul calls us to in this passage that we looked at this past week was for everybody to contribute. Yeah. Uh, and what better example do we have of believers in action contributing than the book of Acts? Right. And that's what we're going to uh, take a couple weeks and we're going to look at how the Holy Spirit has empowered us yeah. uh, to contribute. And we're going to look at the book of Acts and see how they, yeah. how the early church did that. Yeah, which flows together pretty well. I mean, we're literally talking about the church doing things. Yeah. So yeah. God knows no, what he's doing. I don't. This 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 was not a a brilliant scheme of planning on my part. I can, I can assure you of that. Well, it'll be an exciting few weeks to see the church practicing what we've been preaching. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> you know? agreed. Um, which would be really cool. Uh, any, any closing thoughts, Jacob? Anything? Nope. Cool. Cool. Well, he's the best color man in the business right there. Color commentator. Nope. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, next week we're starting our new, our new series. Actually, uh, Mike Williams. Mike Williams is preaching uh, next week. Who is one of the leaders of the Cups of um, Cold Water uh, Mission, you know, the Cups organization, which we've worked with uh, and support and have supported with several years on our Dominican Republic mission trips and, oh. and that team. So he's coming and sharing uh, the first Sunday in June. So I'm awesome. looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be great. Um, well, we'll be chatting about that next week. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, you'll hear from us then. Thanks for listening in. We'll talk to you next week. See you later. Bye. Bye.